Welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. Ah, and what a minute it is. We are still amongst the trees of truthfulness, and I am one of your co-hosts, Tierney Steele. And I'm Megan Coleman, and we're from MASH Minute. And Tierney is a podcast aficionado, so you probably have heard her on other things, too. And that's Woo! why I talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's having radio voice. <laughs> Come on down. Uh, no. This is minute 109 of North by Northwest. Quite frankly, if you're at this point in the podcast, you probably know what's going on. But if for some reason you are with someone who has put this on out of context, first of all, turn, look them in the eye and say, why? Why? (laughs) And then depending on their answer, continue with this episode and enjoy. So today we're going to talk about minute 109 of North by Northwest, which continues with Cary Grant and Eva Marie Saint winning each other's and ours hearts in the woods as they discuss how they've been brought to this point in their lives. This is such a good minute. As, As I point out, His hands are out of his pockets. Her hands are behind her back. They are ready to fall in love. I mean, they're already in love, but like they're building a relationship here with trust and honesty. One hopes, yes. I kind of wish she was like just an awesome agent seducing bad guys left and right. But I do enjoy that Eve is in no way apologetic about the fact that she fell in love with a charming man other than Cary Grant. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, then Dan was around a lot longer. Well, so Megan, you're going to love this. I got very excited because she says that I fell in love. His hands go back in his pockets. I told you that was a defense mechanism. Oh, that's right. Okay, I'm noticing right because she's like, yeah, she's like leaned up against a tree. She's like, I met Philip Van Damme at a party and fell in love. And he's like, oh, and then the hands go back in the pocket. (laughs) We're doing that awkward insecurity thing! Look, it's so rare that a Cary Grant character has any reason to feel insecure. No, that's true! And the fact that Roger Thornhill can feel that little bit threatened by Van Damme is amazing. It's perfect. It's so wonderful. How often does Cary Grant get to play the vulnerable guy worried that he's not going to win over the woman? Yeah, I'm trying to even think, like, I mean, maybe, well, not even in Pillow Talk, because he's, like, very... His character's more. He can play like nervous Nellies, but yeah, that's I don't not mean I don't thing. mean aggressive like in a bad way, but he's you know more self confident. I guess yes. Yeah, and what's really funny is she's doing the little like swing around the tree. Like there are yeah. so many moves in this minute. Oh my god, she manages to find that like the mini move. branch in the tree to like hold on to. You know, like she swings around <laughs> the tree and then she like looks down, but then looks up at him, but then looks down again, and it's like, oh honey, you got nothing to worry about. You got. Into each other. I'm gonna look at you and I'm gonna look down because I'm a little too nervous. And I'm gonna look back at you and I'm gonna look down just for a microsecond and I'm gonna look back up and look back down. And then then I'll look away because I'm ashamed. (laughs) But that's the thing. That's what I love about Eve. She's not ashamed. This is her story. We are getting Eve's life story here and she is not ashamed of it. There are certainly things she would do differently. You can tell by the way she's talking and the way she's responding to him. And like, oh, God, later in the minute, when he says his life really been like that, she like almost you see her kind of like swallow. She kind of like squares herself and she goes, yes, 
She is 100% unapologetic about the choices she has made, and it is um, jaw-dropping amazing. <sighs> that eyeliner's on point. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> When they is. do that close-up, it's like, gosh, she is so perfectly coiffed. She is absolutely perfect. She's put is together. Is this the best, most sarcastic, that's nice, ever uttered on film? <laughs> <laughs> when she talks about falling in love with Van Damme. I only, she fell in love only with his charm. That's nice. <laughs> I've rewound it like 10 times. Yeah, I know. Like, that, that's not, I know. Like, she comes around the tree. He kind of gets closer to the tree. Like, and then she's like, I fell in love. That's nice. <laughs> that's nice. I don't know what else to say. I'm filling the silence with words. Yeah. I relate much more to uh, now that we live in a world of quarantine, I feel much more that I didn't have anything to do that weekend. So I fell in love. So I fell in love. (laughs) Oh, yes. You can reach that level of boredom where that seems like a good idea. (laughs) Oh, goodness. But it's, it's so funny because like... So she says, she's kind of implying that she was innocent. She was younger, but she wasn't naive. Philip was very charming. She did legitimately fall in love with him. And then the professor told her a few sordid details. It is, I would give anything to know how that went over. Oh, I want to know How'd that go down, right? But you get the idea that, I I mean, she quickly turned, she became a spy. What do we think Eve was like before she met Van Damme? Just based on like the whole, he you know, the sordid details or whatever. I I get the Mm -hmm. impression that maybe she's a little bit more naive, like a little bit more like took people at face value. Okay. And then whatever these sort of details were, either she felt sort of like, well, he didn't share that with me. And maybe they had been together long enough that she felt like I should have known some of this or picked up on some of this. Yeah. Because she get you get the idea that they didn't approach her until well into the relationship. Right. Yeah, I almost get the impression that like she felt a little bit betrayed. Not so much by what he was doing, but that he didn't feel like he could share it with her. Hmm. Even if he was doing that sort of to protect her, so if, like, the professor at all kind of came to her, she could legitimately be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But you still got, I still get the sense that she was like, "Uh, I don't know, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. She's kind of an independent feminist woman, like, more so than I think some other Hitchcock feminists, not feminists, like, up to this point. Oh, Megan. Tomorrow's notes just start with an all capital letters, female power, so. Right, because I feel (laughs) like I'm forgetting, is is Psycho before this or after this? I'm trying to remember. It's after, Uh, right? uh, Dear listeners, I can't remember. uh, Psycho, Hitchcock. No, I don't want Psycho. It's after, Okay, because I started putting Psycho and it's like Psycho Killer. I'm like, great song, but not what I'm going for. Google. Sorry if we got that earworm stuck in your head because now it's in mine. But it's my own dang fault, y'all. I don't know. I feel like because even like the birds is before this too, right? And like I like the birds, even though it creeps me out. But I feel like that main character is just sort of like, oh my god, the birds. And And I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong. But I don't think Alfred Hitchcock is who you go to for a strong female character. Oh, no, definitely not. But I feel like. Okay, cool. No, no. Oh, 63. Okay, 
Birds is after. Okay, never mind. But Oh, really? Yeah, it's 63. I don't know. Clearly, I don't know Hitchcock's career as well as I do Cary Grant's. <laughs> right. Um. But, but I just, yeah, clearly you don't go to Hitchcock. No, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of Hitchcock, the last couple of years when I went to Dartmouth and sort of like went rampant in their stacks uh, in the film section, there was a lot more on like feminism and Hitchcock and like focusing well, on the characters instead of him just cool. being like, yeah, instead of just them being like, Hitchcock didn't really like women. Here's why. I was like, well, here's the females, you know, the actresses themselves and like the characters themselves and analyzing it more that way. Instead of just like, oh, poor woman. Almost like maybe we should listen to women. Yeah, right. They got the <laughs> shaft. Like, yeah, yeah, I get that. That's supposed to history. No offense. Hashtag already know that. Hashtag went to women's college. Hashtag was a history major. Sorry for all the hashtags. But uh <laughs> this is why I had her on Bash Minute, folks. <laughs> I made Megan be a podcaster purely because <laughs> I knew there was no way I would get through those tales of Oh, don't even get me started on the shower scene. Teenagers. Don't even get me started on the shower scene again. But uh yes, where did I go with this? Uh Eve, yes. I feel like she is a little bit more what you know She's the one who would be like, if this was 1970-something and Gloria Steinem was around, she would totally be like, that's who I like. Her. Sign me up. I fell in love with her in the train, but I'm falling even differently. I am very much Roger Thornhill in this situation. Yes. I thought she was cool and sexy on the train, and now I am horrendously in love with her and in big trouble. Um, I wrote (laughs) Swoon multiple times in my notes, and it's, it's crazy. His face... Because he said the line about doing something worthwhile with your life. And she's like, it, it felt like the first time someone had ever asked me. Yes. Oh, like that whole exchange. Uh, he's just, he seems taken aback a little bit, which is like, yeah. well, I mean, I could see why you would think that because she's so well put together and she's good at being a spy as far as we know at this point, you know, or double agent, whatever. But like, yeah, she, appearances aren't always what they see, Mr. Cary Grant. All she says is, mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't even form a word to answer him, but she just, ah, uh, like, she But the is, eye acting, though, is like, yes. Yeah. This is where I was talking, pointing out, like, she almost takes a moment, like, you see her kind of, like, mentally bracing herself, to be honest with this guy, and be like, look, I was a sexual object for a charming guy, and this yeah. is the first time I've ever really done something with my life, and sorry I shot you. <laughs> sorry Mike's. I shot you. I'm glad your butt's okay from where you fell. <laughs> she does not right? say that, but in 1959, no, but, she right. says that. I mean, but she's like, you know, oh, it's a lot more graceful than I... <laughs> no, he says, I thought oh, that was right. very graceful. I, that's I right. love it is him that. In progress, yes, that's right. But yeah, the the fact that she just says, "Mm -hmm," and she's so unapologetic, led me to come up with my favorite theory of this scene, which is he is head over heels in love with her and she he is falling deeper by the second. Mm -hmm. And she likes him very much and would like to have a relationship with him. The difference between those two things, if this was it, she would be sad, but she would be fine. And he Mm. would be devastated. Yes. She would always have this memory of Roger and the train and that crazy time and everything that happened. But if they said goodbye in these woods and that was it, Eve would live the rest of her life and do her Eve 
things and go on and and she would forever be the one that got away for him like that the yeah difference in the way the two are it's so funny because you pointed out earlier this week that like she's always looking at him you can see it in her eyes but like and she she loves him she's into it i'm not saying she's not i think the emotional intensity that both are bringing to the table is totally different because he, because Thornhill Hill was married, what, twice at this? Twice. Twice, okay, yeah. As we're going to emphasize. <laughs> it's like, third time's a charm, right? He just, he looks, when she is a little bit wistfully sad, he looks like someone just kicked a puppy in front of him. Yes. Like, he's gutted. Yes, he is gutted by the revelation that she thinks this is the first worthwhile thing she's ever done. Yeah. Is helping bring down the guy who she fell in love with. And and she doesn't deny it. She doesn't claim like, oh, well, I was seduced, but I'm over it now. Like, she loves Philip, but she knows he's a bad guy and she's going to help take down the bad guy. Yeah, because there has to be something in it for her, right? I mean, again, what are these sordid details? There is a coolness to Eve that Roger Thornhill does not have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, because there's times where it's like, I'm like, oh, he's not as sophisticated as I think I am, as I think she is. And then there's times where I'm like, hmm, no, Thornhill's kind of like way flying by to see his pants is completely out of his element, which he is, but like, like, really? Cary Grant does a really good job portraying that. Like, he is a suave, cool guy who, like you said, is out of his element. He's out of his element. In his element, Roger Thornhill is... Suave, cool guy. Oh, yeah. All the time. But when confronted with Eve, he shoves his hands in his pockets. He's just like, I can't. I can't. Hi, it's middle school, seventh grade called. (laughs) I got your parents on the phone first and I had to ask for you. Hi. (laughs) Right? Maybe kids don't have to do that as much these days because they all have cell phones or whatever. But like. That's true. But back in our day. (laughs) You had to get on a rotary phone. And you, Or maybe you had a cordless phone because you were fancy, but you had to get on that phone. And more than likely, parents asked. You were going to have to talk to a parent. And you a were parent gonna have was to going to, to know that you called. Right. <laughs> and you were going to have to be like, hi, so-and-so. Is so-and-so there? And you might even have to state your reason for calling to said parents. So you, know? so you better have made something up before you started dialing. Right. And I was just like, I want to tell them I like them. <laughs> No seventh grader did that. It was, I have a question about math homework. Listeners, there was no math homework. There was no math homework, but that's what Thornhill would have used if he was a seventh grader. Instead of putting his hands in his pockets, he would have been like, it's math homework. And Eve is the grown-up here. Yeah, right? she, She just lays it all on the table. Like I said, she is sad that this is what her life is, but she is not apologetic. She does not express regret. She is very matter of fact. You could almost see her being like, I was a very silly girl then. I had nothing better to do that weekend. So I fell in love with the first charming guy who asked me out, basically. Turned out to be an international criminal. (laughs) Minor detail, right? (laughs) Didn't fully disclose that to me. Didn't really rub me the right way. It is so funny. I feel like there is a film paper to be written comparing Eve Kendall and Kay Corleone. Ooh. Because it sounds like Eve came to the relationship with Philip from a much more naive standpoint, whereas Kay and Michael were more equal. Mm -hmm. But they both 
I, I don't know what I'm saying. I have to think about it more. But I, there's something there. There's something there. I'm picturing Kay's face when the They both turn on their men, though, essentially, right? Yeah, but Kay would not have been this cool. Kay would not have played double agent. No, probably not. If the feds had approached her to spy on Michael, even if she wanted to, I cannot see her pulling that off. She's too hot-headed. Mm, yeah, if you're gonna be a double agent, you have to be good at playing both sides, right? You have to you have to have your wits about you. And Kay very much had her wits about her for the circumstances of Godfather Part Two, but she did not have that spy quality that Eve does here. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 just thinking of like Kay like teasing Michael about all that stuff, and you know that could never happen. Eve can never imply that she knows anything is wrong. What do you mean? Mm. It's totally normal to go to Chicago and go to an art auction and do all this crazy stuff. <laughs> right? I'm just an innocent young thing. That's that's what that's what you men do, isn't it? I think Martin Lando and I will retire for a while. <laughs> You'd have to play dumb to some extent, don't you, you think? You would. Well, yeah. I mean, organized crime's kind of a, ooh, no thank you. <laughs> Though you could argue Kay knew what she was getting into a little bit too, I guess, right? I mean, if I'm remembering, I don't even remember Godfather 2 all that well, to be honest. Kay knew what she was getting into. Okay. She could have refused, uh, in part one, when he comes back and asks her to marry him, she could have said no. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That vaguely rings a bell. I don't know. I just, I think there's something there. Oh, Eve. Eve is the best. That perfectly coiffed hair and those pearls. And <laughs> now that you've said eyeliner, that, of course, now the I The eyebrows, that. like, oh my gosh, it's just, oh, good job, hair and makeup. Good job. All right, sure. Talk about the people I didn't look up. <laughs> I'm sorry. All cast and crew. <laughs> makeup department. Makeup department. Hold Sydney. on. G-U-I-L-A-R-O-F-F. Hairstyles by <gasps> Megan. What? Makeup artist John True. Okay, fine. Whatever. Hairstylist oh, Peggy right, Shannon. Yep. Stanley Smith. Makeup artist uncredited. Makeup by William Tuttle. Um, yeah. Remember we talked about that the other minute? We said Bill Tuttle? I just get excited whenever I see Tuttle. I'm sorry. I completely <laughs> forgot that. Yes, obviously. Okay. William Tuttle and Bill Tuttle would be the same person. Oh, yes. I did think if we were going to have a boy, I mean, we had a girl, so it was a non-issue. But like, if we named him William, were people going to call him Bill? And would people in this age think that's a weird nickname for a kid named William? Bill? Bill. Bill's. Bill's not bad. But then we didn't have to deal with it because Izzy decided to be an Izzy. So, ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Amazing how that works out. Yeah. I don't want to cut that, but I kind of want to cut that so I don't sound as stupid. I'm sorry. I'm very tired. (laughs) We could just cut that whole section out if you want. That's fine. We'll see how long the episode is. We'll see how ambitious I'm feeling on the day. (laughs) You never know. You never know. This could all stay in and we just start riffing on life in tuttles. Now, see, folks, wasn't it better when I was plastered? How heart-wrenching is the line, has life really been like that? Or has life been like that? Has life been like that? I thought there was a really in there. Oh, no, I'm watching it now. I think he says, has life been like that? And then she goes, "Mm mm-hmm. And then he starts to say something, like the minute kind of cuts, but you could tell he's kind of like doing this sigh thing, like, oh. Because he loves her. Words of consolation inserted maybe next minute. (laughs) We'll find out next minute. Our dance of will they, won't they continue? 
I'll give my usual episode ending spoiler. They will. (laughs) (laughs) I like spoiling movies one minute at a time. Just for the next minute. That's all I ever ruin for people. <laughs> do you ruin the last minute in a film? I don't think you did a mash minute. Yeah, uh, well, it would have been credits, so. Oh, that's I mean, before credits roll, though. I don't think you did. Although mash is weird credits, so it doesn't this work is like true. most movies. Oh, that's true, because it's mash. It's a thing. <gasps> it's Robert Altman. Did you want a normal film? You're not getting a normal film. <laughs> I got so excited, Terry, because I thought I found a copy of Spies, and then it turned out to be an Italian. Again. Oh. I know, right? It was like you said. I mean, it was I'm in re-learning English. Italian with all my free time, but I don't think I'm quite up to watching a movie I've never seen. Before. I know, right? If you are listening and you have a lead on an English playable in the United States version of Spies, not on VHS, please let us know at Mash Minute on Twitter. <laughs> Or Instagram. But if you have a VHS, I might have a slightly illegal way to make it into a movie file on a computer. And I'm not saying as a librarian, I should condone things like that. But what I'm saying is you should still email us. (laughs) I have a VCR. I haven't hooked it up in like a decade. Yeah, but my VCR is a little questionable. It just, it would be nice if it was a not. DVD. But if that's what we need to do. That is what we will do. <laughs> yeah. Because we need to subject ourselves to that. It's like MASH, but different. It's like a knockoff of MASH, but starring the stars of MASH. (laughs) It's like if MASH and James Bond had a really sad baby. (laughs) Let's face it, right? I'm glad that we have managed to mention spies on so many different shows, though. (laughs) I can't imagine why this film is hard to find. So that's what Megan and I do with our free time. (laughs) And we're also spend a lot of our free time hanging out in our listeners group on Facebook, the Mash Minute Listeners Ep Ward. Post Ep Ward. The Mash Minute. Post Ep Ward. Post Ep Ward. Get it. And we can also be found in the Facebook group for the Hitchcock Minute, The Man on Washington's Nose. See, I don't need to feel guilty about spoilers because the Facebook group is named after something that does not happen until the end of the movie. Like, that's not my fault. That's not your fault. I didn't didn't set that up. Uh, Non-spoilery on Twitter, you can find the show at Hitchcock Minute. The Hitchcock Minute podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts and Google Play or at the main site, HitchcockMinute.com. And I bet you can get it a whole bunch of pod catchy ways that you have figured out by this point because we are going to ask you to rejoin us here tomorrow for Minute 110. <gasps> You're on episode 110. You probably have your preferred way to find this podcast. So keep on doing you. Join us here next time on The Hitchcock Minute. Bye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.